The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Mike Wise Show, Injuries continue to be a main story in the NBA Conference Finals. The coaching carousel keeps going round and round, and the Pistons were the winners of the NBA Draft Lottery. We got a lot to unpack, but first, Darlene, do your thing. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thanks, Darlene. The conference finals are turning the corner and heading for home, and while Phoenix and Milwaukee appear to be heading toward a date in the NBA Finals, injuries to key players continue to cast a shadow over both series. This week, my producer, Bruce Bernstein, joins me to add a bit of perspective and try to make sense of the proceedings. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Mike. It was uh, another interesting weekend on the court, that's for sure. And uh, I I hear an NBA referee might be granted a playoff share by Milwaukee, but we'll talk a little more about that in a few minutes. We have to start on Sunday night, indeed. Chris Middleton, absolute stud, 38 points, 20 in the final quarter when he outscored Atlanta's entire team, 20 to 17. Milwaukee now leads the series two games to one. Middleton is simply, you know, I I think I was watching him yesterday and I was thinking to myself that um, he reminds me of an old school player in that he shoots the three well, but he doesn't rely on it. He's got a great mid-range game like, I don't know, a Purvis short back in the day or somebody somebody that, um, uh, that that sort of like took a couple of dribbles to get closer to the rim so they could shoot shoot more accurately. And he's not like wildly athletic, but he does all these smart, quick things. He's, um, God, who was, who was on that? John Wooden had a player like that a while ago on UCLA, like it was in the 70s. And he reminded me of him a lot. It wasn't Marcus Johnson. Jamal was, Wilkes? Kind of a Keith Wilkes like, yeah, kind of silk. Kind of, he's got a silk in him. Yeah, that's good. I like I like Jamal Wilkes. There was another player too. I'm thinking of, but anyway, the bottom line is is I like him because I'm old, and anybody that looks like they have an old old game, I like. Um, and uh, and and he's so indispensable. Um, I think he's. I don't want to say more mentally tough than Giannis. But Giannis is still a little younger. Chris Middleton is learning all these, you know, like Chris Middleton is, you don't, you don't doubt his um, ability to make two shots uh, at the free throw line in the final five seconds of a game. And so I, I think he's indispensable. I think he's one of the, I think he's one of my favorite players in the league because he's not wildly athletic. He's not, he, he doesn't shoot from the parking lot every day. He's just a great basketball player all around. He seems to me like a guy who who's very mentally strong. Like he he can because he can have some of these tough shooting nights where he'll go like six for twenty two or whatever. But then right. he'll come back the next night and you know he's a he's a shooter and shooters got to keep shooting. I mean they got to shoot through those slumps. And certainly on Sunday night, um, 
he didn't get off to a blazing start. You know, he missed some shots early on. But once he got it going, man, I mean, he's just a wonderful story. I mean, he's the only guy that was a G League player that became an all-star. And when you have when you have that kind of a background, it just shows you probably take nothing for granted. You work your tail off. You work on your game. He's very humble. He's a very nice guy. Uh, and I couldn't be happier for Chris Middleton. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled for him. Yeah, so uh, he was a G League guy. So he was... Maybe I'm getting it. Where did he play college? I think he went to Texas A&M. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm getting him confused with the kid from Providence. Um, Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn, yeah. For some reason, I, I, I got him confused for, for a minute for Chris Dunn. But yeah, you're right. He is an unbelievable uh, story with the G League and everything he's done to uh, to become you know a special player in this league. I Yeah, I like him. I don't know if the, I still don't know if the Bucks get to the promised land only because, well, is, how bad is Trey Young hurt, do you think? We don't, we don't really know. I mean, but when he, when he stepped on Sean Wright's foot, which, you know, he went out of the game, he came back in the fourth quarter, but you could see he made that one three that was about a 27 footer, but he just wasn't moving. And look, if, with no. Trey Young, because of the way he plays and because he's a little guy, if a little guy isn't at full strength physically, I mean, he's going to be destroyed on defense. I mean, he's not going to be able to move. He's not going to be able to guard. And it's just a shame. So hopefully he's getting treatment. And when he comes yeah. back on Tuesday night, uh, he's going to be close to 100%. But, you know, these ankles. You well, just I, just, I just want him to be – I want him to be 100% only because – so Sean Wright, the referees whose foot he stepped on – is is cleared of charges um, for, from the Atlanta <laughs> district attorney. I mean, well, uh, like like to me, this is a wait. What county is that in, um, Fulton, in Atlanta? Fulton County. Yeah, the Fulton County district attorney will go after Sean Wright if Trey Young is hobbled for the rest of the series and they lose this. Whether or not that was really Sean Wright's fault, and. You know, there's, you know, Ryan McDonough, who is a former GM, he does a show, uh, he does a show, he says that Sean Wright is not to blame, he was out of bounds when Trey Young was backing up and stepped on his foot. But yeah. when I, I looked at the replay, and I think Sean's foot was on the line, so he may have technically been in bounds. But regardless, I mean, it's just a shame. I mean, injuries have been such a made such a mess out of these playoffs, something freakish like that just you know, Trey Young, you know, he's been like the breakout guy in this year's playoffs. You just hate yeah. to do that. Yeah, he's, yeah, and he's – I wonder, I, at this point, it doesn't matter because neither of the, the two Eastern Conference teams are thought of as large markets, um, even though Atlanta's a bigger city. But um, the – I wonder what – I wonder if Milwaukee or Atlanta draws bigger ratings. I think because of G Giannis – um, and and just sort of his Q rating, he would. But then again, Trey Young has just become like, you know, the Allen Iverson, Steph Curry, Tiny Archibald, whatever you call him, of these of these playoffs. And he's just he's that eye candy. He's the mo he's the most fun thing to watch. And I would I would argue that Trey Young leading uh, like a real comeback story because they were a fifth seed, right? Mm -hmm. um, that that would be a better story in some ways than 
Giannis and Milwaukee going for their first title since, oh my gosh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1971? It was before he was even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robinson's one title. Uh, yeah, that was it. And, and the, I don't even think the Bucs never got to another. Well, they, they did they get to another finals against the Celtics when they were in the Western Conference? Yeah, um, in seven in 74, they played the Celtics in the finals. Right. That was their last that was their last franchise uh, finals. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it was essentially the same crew, although I don't know if Big O had maybe retired by then. But, you yeah. know, Bobby Dandridge, who ended up later winning one with the Washington Bullets. Yes, he was a young player on that team. So uh, yeah, it's it's been a minute for those guys. So I so I got I I just think that Trey Young is he, he's he's instant TV. He's what you know he's the it thing right now in the NBA playoffs. Um, so speaking of injuries, the Western Conference Final between the Suns and Clippers has been severely impacted by the absence of Kawhi Leonard. I'm blown away that the Clippers are even in this. To be honest. I, you know, I mean, they, they, they won, they beat Utah without Kawhi Leonard, at least the last two games, was it? Correct. And Paul George has had some great performances and he had great numbers on Saturday, but the Clippers fell short on their home court. I just thought it was a part of attrition for them. I don't know, man. I, as much as I love watching Devin Booker, I still like this Clippers team. And I think that would be such a great comeback if they could do it from three, one, uh, Terrence Mann is just a breakout star. He's that role, indispensable role player that every team now wants and wishes they had. Um, uh, the, so many little, so many um, pieces to their to their team that are. I just they're, they're nice guy, you know, like, n- nice pieces and people that you want, people that you would want to play with if you were a great player like Kawhi or Paul George. So I don't know. I, I, they're, they're, I'm going to have some melancholy. If the, if the Clippers actually go down in five. Well, you know what? It's it's asking a lot of them to somehow or another win a series against a team who had a better record than them during the regular season without their number one player. I mean, Paul George right. has really, you know, look, I've not always been the biggest Paul George fan. I He always impressed me as one of those guys who was, you know, good in the regular season, put up the numbers, whatever. But when it came time to, you know, to, to you know, winning time in the playoffs it always seemed that he came up a little bit short that said he's been very heroic in this postseason i think yes, paul george is. you know he's won me over i mean i'm, I'm not going to say he's better than Kawhi leonard but he's definitely uh you know a, a star player in this league and i feel bad for him because there's really only so much he can do i mean they're going up against a team that is young athletic but also has great leadership with cp3 and and you know booker's I've heard people say, oh, you know, he's, he's looking like he could be the next, you know, version of a, of a Kobe Bryant type of a performer, which is an amazing comment to make. But look, I mean, you know, talk about. Oh, no, he's matters. got Kobe's his sort of Kobe was his idol, wasn't he? Yeah, or, I believe or, so. And Kobe and Kobe had sort of told him he, like he, he he takes these words from Kobe as gospel. You know, you're going to be the next and you're going to all this. And they he, Paul. Yeah, I mean, uh Booker is, I mean, he's, he's just fun to watch. He's, he's great. He's, he can shoot from anywhere and more than anything, he has that, what do I call it? He's got the Kobe sneer. He's got that, that honoriness, that nastiness, that sort of that. I I don't care what you do. I am going to find a way to beat you. And, you know, so I, 
look, he's he, he's Kobe in training. Let's put it that way. Um, DeAndre Ayton has been great. I look, you can't go wrong either way. The Clippers, I mean, the Suns were undefeated in the bubble last year, and you know, like, look, basically <laughs> uh, could have been, you know, uh, in the mix. And and look, at, I mean, look what they've done all through the playoffs. And so after become, you know, what, what were they, the second worst team in the league a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. I mean, team. it's been a, I mean, they haven't been in the finals for close to 30 years. I mean, 1993. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a you know, yeah. they had some good teams with Steve Nash and, you know, Amari Stoudemire. And those well, teams. that was one of the great teams that never won a title. That's true. But yeah. I mean, for the last 10 years, they've been like off the radar. Yeah, so I can't, you can't go wrong either way. I think it's a good storyline. I wonder if America's going to buy it. I have no idea what the ratings are lately, but I I just wonder what the you know the network executives are thinking. A Phoenix Milwaukee series. I mean, that's a tough sell. You know, not only are you not having a LeBron, you know, you won't have a LeBron James in the finals for the first time in forever. Um, well, two years ago when they didn't make the playoffs, but but after that, he was in every finals, whether he lost or won. He was your he was your antagonist um, or your protagonist, depending on who you rooted for. And now you've not only not got an L.A. team, if if the if the Phoenix Suns go on to win, you have you have one of the smallest market teams in America in Milwaukee. I think it's great when it when, when it comes to parity in the league. I'm sure people around the country are going that aren't, you know, in NBA world um, and are the bean counters are going, Oh no, what are we doing? What do we, how do we, how do, uh, how do we just put steroids into, um, in, in, into LeBron James and say that there was a awful uh, miscarriage of justice in, in, in the first round of the playoffs and the Lakers are installed. I mean, it's, it's really tough to sell that to anybody. Well, you know, I know that the, you know, everybody always talks about, well, will the casual fans watch you know, probably not. Okay. However, for those people who really enjoy the sport and enjoy the game, a, a Phoenix Milwaukee finals, I think has some excellent storylines in it. I mean, look, who, who can possibly contend with the Greek freak? DeAndre Ayton can probably contend with the Greek freak. I mean, DeAndre, although he's only a third year player, Look what he did on Saturday night. He had 19 points. He had 22 rebounds. He had nine offensive rebounds, played okay. 41 minutes. Okay. And I mean, CP3 and Booker were really just kind of generic on Saturday night. I think between the two of them, they were 14 for 44, right? DeAndre right. Ayton is a difference maker. And, and what you got to love about DeAndre Ayton is like, for a third year guy, he kind of knows what he can't do or shouldn't do. And he, he's, he yeah. seems like a very mature guy out there. He gives him a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and never oversteps what he, you know, you'll never see the guy shoot a three-pointer. You know, maybe if he ended up with the ball with the shot clock running down, he would. But he plays within himself. He seems like, you know, he, he's just, you know, he's just an ideal third wheel for a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, so I think the Phoenix Milwaukee series will be very interesting. And I know that I'm probably the only person in, in America that's thinking this way, but if you go all the way back to the coin flip for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, then <laughs> Lou Alcindor back in 1968 right. or 69. Well, Jerry, Jerry Sloan, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, not Jerry Sloan. Uh, Colangelo. Jerry Colangelo's thinking this way. 
Well, if I'm thinking the same way that Jerry Colangelo is thinking, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one, Mike. Yeah, um, he's friends with Clint Eastwood. You know that, right? He's. I, I think they'd like to play golf with one another. And Yeah, uh, they do. Yeah. I, Clint Eastwood, I didn't even know. I mean, that's like one of those alive or deads. It's like weekend at Clint's. I don't know. You know, you got to prop him up at this point, don't you? Why couldn't they invite? Still directing. Why, why couldn't Jerry and Clint invite you and I to play golf? That would be a really fun foursome, I think. We'd have a good time. My guess is that they would they would ask us to come and we, we would have no idea that we were their caddies until we got there. <laughs> um, all right. This, um, shoot, there are a lot of coaching carousel stuff. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to mention real quick. If the Clippers found a way to come back in 3-1, it's not only a great story, but Chris Paul... Chris Paul would be playing, and, and Atlanta came back to win that series. Chris, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I take that back. If the if the Phoenix closes out the Clippers, let me reverse that. And Trey Young got healthy and found a way to win. Trey Young versus Chris Paul, old versus new, and and even better yet, talk about a talk about a commercial bonus here. Chris Farm would be playing in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena. I mean, oh, Jake from State Farm would be like the celebrity of the of the whole finals, right? It would like it's. Just I wonder a, if he can sing. Maybe he could do the anthem. How great would that be? I have. I don't care. I I think I think Jake. Every every time. Ever since Jake from State Farm was on the phone with that guy uh, three in the morning, and his wife thought he was having an affair, I knew he was going to be a star, because at that point, um, at that point, if a guy is is doing commercials. And he's trying to get into acting and yet he's working at 3 a.m for state farm i mean that's the kind of guy paying his dues right there and Jake from state farm looked much different back then though he he it's almost like he was a different guy he was he was he's I mean, he's big time now he's uh <laughs> turning to off the court issues portland is hiring chauncey billups as its next head coach uh Mr. Big Shot, Billups, as they say in Detroit. I think that's, you know, he's probably, he's probably been ready. In fact, they take it back. He almost took the Cavs job when LeBron was deciding what to do. And he wasn't going to take it unless LeBron stayed. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but so he, he, you know, remained on TV, thought about it. And then took his, took his time and now proven leader, former finals MVP um, after serving as Ty Lue's assistant with the Clippers. I think he'll be great. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I, I don't, I don't know if they get to the finals with that roster anytime soon, but you know, and then now, now you're hearing these like rumors about trading uh, DJ McCollum. Lillard. Well, CJ McCollum rumors are definitely circulating. Someone said um, the Miami heat were trying to, um, offer Tyler Harrow, Harrow for, for Damian Lillard. I would think they would have to give up about three more players too. That's just me, but fans are crazy. They'll, you know, the, they'll, they'll talk themselves into any deal, even though it doesn't make sense. Uh, Rick Carlisle, our friend, not out of work for long, resigning as Mav coach after 13 seasons. Carlisle returns to the Indiana Pacers 14 years after leaving the team after Larry Bird hired him as former teammate with the Celtics, I guess you can go home again. Rick Carlisle. You see the money, you see the money he got? I did not. What did he get? 
Oh, I'll, I'll look it up, but, but, but tell me what you thought about the move. Well, you know, I'm a huge Rick Carlisle fan. I mean, right. as I am a huge Chauncey Billups fan as well. But with Rick, I mean, look, last week when we had Larry Brown on this show, okay, if you know, you'll remember Carlisle coached uh, the Detroit Pistons for a few years, and then he left to take the Indiana job back in 02, 03, 04 season. And Larry Brown gave a lot of credit for the team that he took over from Rick Carlisle that won the 04 NBA championship with Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, as the finals MVP. Rick Carlisle, he's kind of an older, old school guy, but he can coach. He knows what he's doing. I think in Indiana made a great move. I think they made a terrible move last year when they fired Nate McMillan and they brought in Nate Bjorkren, who was, a, I guess he was an assistant with Nick Nurse or whatever in Toronto. Uh, yeah, I think Nate I think, McMillan recovered quiet, um, pretty, pretty well. Yeah, Nate McMillan is, um, <laughs> I don't think he'll be the interim coach much longer in Atlanta. I mean, he's, he's, he's a terrific coach. And you know, it's funny, you know, George Carl, another guy we've had on this show, I remember him singing Nate McMillan's praises and he was like the best teammate on the team. And oh yeah, Nate was coming up. Nate told him, Hey, look, Gary's the future. I'm not the future, whatever we need to do to, to get Gary ready. I'm happy to come off the bench. So when a guy like that, with that sort of character takes over a team, you know, that they're headed for good things. So, and Carlisle, um, I have no doubt that Indiana is going to move up in the standings next year with, with Rick on the bench. Yeah, uh, Car- Carlisle, as we know, left Dallas uh, with multiple years remaining on his contract. Um, he signed a four-year, $29 million deal. That's pretty good. I mean, four years, $29 million. That's, wait, wait, four, that's seven point, it's like $7.25 uh, million a year to coach a basketball team that hasn't um, gone to the conference finals since gosh 2013 or something or the, the year that lo- the, the heat played them with paul george oh my gosh that's that's good money well it, either way um the celtics are hiring ime udoka yes. ime udoka is their new head coach do we like this move bruce bernstein i do i mean i was i was kind of hoping for chauncey but i think you know Ime has had a number of years working for Greg Popovich. Okay. He was on their bench for a while. Uh, He was in Brooklyn, I believe this past year on Steve Nash's staff. I I, I think I got that right. Anyway. Well, his, well, he made his bones though under uh, Popovich, didn't he? In San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah, He was on their bench for seven years working with Pop. So um, look, when you have that sort of a, a coaching pedigree behind you, and apparently he has already had relationships with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, they had, uh, it just strikes me as, as, as a good move. He's got a, a good, you know, he's got a good coach as his boss in Brad Stevens. So yeah. he should, he should have a pretty good idea of the situation he's taken over the ownership group in Boston's good. So I feel like, you know, Boston is definitely going to, you know, kind of you know reboot after this past miserable season and again we were talking about cj mccollum a few minutes ago there's some talk that portland might consider something like uh marcus smart and tristan thompson for cj mccollum i don't know that the money what what do you think of getting marcus smart what are you getting rid of him he's kind of a glue guy 
Marcus Smart is the emotional engine of that team. But you know yeah. what? If you, you know, he's going to be in the last year of his contract coming up. And I will always and love Marcus CJ, Smart. Yeah, CJ McCollum's a talent. Yeah, I mean, and CJ McCollum has three years left on his deal. You know, it's a big money yeah. deal. He's getting around 30 a year. Uh, but CJ McCollum, I think, is the kind of guy, after playing with Damian Lillard and then doing very well in that role, I think he's not going to have any problem at all being like a second fiddle to, to Jason Tatum uh, and maybe even a third fiddle to Jalen Brown. So um, Boston just has to kind of mix things up a little bit. You know, they, yeah. they got this young guy, Moses Brown. They brought back Al Harford, who's really kind of towards the end of his career, but, but is going to provide the kind of leadership that team, you know, locker room leadership they needed. So I feel pretty good about, about what the Celtics are doing there. And again, you know how it is when, when you've worked for Greg Popovich, you know how to play the game the right way as our buddy, Larry Brown would say. I think one of the great things we haven't even mentioned is, and I think because we're at a point now where the first and the next aren't as big anymore. And so we're getting to a point where hiring an African-American coach or um, a Nigerian American coach in, in the way he may Adoka, like, it's really immaterial in many ways. He, he is, is he the first black coach the Celtics have hired since Casey Jones? No, they had Doc Rivers. Oh, duh. Duh. Okay, so since Doc Rivers, that's a while ago. Yeah, it's like eight years. I mean, right. so, um, but okay, so after, but I was just thinking the other day, like, like, it is pretty amazing. We already talked about that, like, one of the Western Conference one of the one of the NBA Finals coaches is going to be a black coach. It's going to be Ty Lue or um, Monty Williams. And if somehow Nate McMillan's Hawks came back and beat, I can't even remember when a, a black coach faced off and against another black coach in the NBA Finals. Uh, might have. You know, I mean, but nobody's talking. What I think is cool is nobody's talking about it because not not that I don't think it's worthy of mentioning, especially when it get when if it if something like that occurs. What I what I'm getting at is, you know, it's like the shoot the NFL defensive end that came out last week as gay for the Raiders Carl a couple Nassim. weeks ago. Yeah, and he's like, sort of, look, I'm not an attention getter. I just think that representation and inclusion is big, and I, I that's why I'm that's why I'm throwing this out there. And and I hope we get to a point where nobody has to make these videos, and it's not a big deal to come out. And I think that that's where we almost are with. Um, black coaches in the NBA, aren't we? Well, I mean, look, I mean, Bill Russell was the first black coach. Yes, he was a player coach, but that was more than 50 years ago. I mean, he took over yeah. after Red Auerbach retired after the 65-66 season, okay? And Boston, I think this is their sixth head coach. I mean, they've had Bill Russell, they've had Satch Sanders, they've had Casey Jones, they've had Doc Rivers, they've had ML Carr, they had somebody else, I, I think. Or, or maybe Udoka's the sixth head coach. Yeah. You know, maybe he's the guy. So, yeah, I mean, it's like the black NFL quarterback thing. It's like, you know what? Who cares? You know, right. it's like Chris Mullen told us when you you had him on a couple of years ago and you were asking him, hey, did you ever think of yourself as the great white hope or did people call He's there, listen, I grew up in Brooklyn. All that mattered was, could you play or could you not play? Yeah. Coach or can you not coach? Bird I think told me the same thing once over, yeah. like when I interviewed him when I was shoot 25 years old in the last year of his career he said i go he goes you know it don't matter <laughs> he's the way he said it was much yeah. better 
It don't matter if you're from Kuwait or French Lick. If you grow to 6'9 and you can handle the ball and shoot it a little bit, you can pretty much play anywhere. <laughs> well, I uh, think the whole the, the whole African-American coach thing is now sort of like, I don't even look at it, and I haven't for a while. But but the next one is going to be who will hire the first female coach. Is it going to be Becky Hammond? Is it going to be uh, Teresa Weatherspoon? Is it going to be, you know, uh, Sarah Lawson? Sarah Lawson. Uh, that one is going to take a whole lot of courage from a team president and a general manager that will make. You think that- so? I do. I don't know. I, I I don't know anymore. I I I mean, I think it's a risk in that the person you want them, you have to put them in a in a place to succeed. Like 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 if you're taking over a bad team and you're a female coach, I think that's a recipe for disaster. I mean, I think that was the same with hiring black coaches back in the day. I, I remember Butch Beard got the New Jersey Nets. They were the most dysfunctional team of all time. I don't know if Bruce uh, Butch Beard could have became a, a great NBA head coach or a good one or a bad one, but you didn't know because that was not the franchise that Butch Beard needed to start with. Um, the problem, he brought, and, and he wasn't going to get another shot after that, unfortunately. Well, see, here, here's here's what, you know, what happened. I mean, you know this better than anybody. When a team fires a coach and brings in a new coach, it's usually because they either A, have a bad team, or B, just had a bad season. So, you know, anybody who's taking over, who's getting their first head coaching job, generally is getting a quote-unquote bad situation. So you really, that's why I say you really have to have a, a, a good front office who has a plan who's not going to, you know, panic if the team starts out two and 10 and the fans are on Twitter saying, why did they hire this woman? She can't coach it. That's why I say it's going to take courage. It's going to take a lot of balls for, for a management of a team to, to give a, a female head coach a chance, but you know what? Somebody's no, it's going to, you know what it's going to take. It's going to take. What's that? For a, for a team to hire a female head coach, it's going to take a lot of uterus. <laughs> You know what else it's going to take? It's going to take need the star player. I, I didn't think we were going anatomy on this conversation. Oh, I, uh, but it is it's pretty take wild. The like star we always player do. on that yeah. team publicly saying, I support, I supported hiring her, whoever her might be. And that's, you know, that's not easy. You know, it's going to be tough. I think it will happen. I, I know it will happen at some point. I just, I guess the next barrier, bro- I guess the next barrier broken will be sports, a sports writer hired to actually coach an NBA team. That that will be a barrier that probably stays for a while. I got to think. It's just me. And what if it's a female sports writer? I think Barbie Barker <laughs> could handle it. What do you think? You Barbie, think Barbie, uh, Barb would be great. <laughs> uh, Barb wouldn't take any crap either. It'd be great. She'd He'd be, be so like, good. you know, you guys are running suicides today. You got out yeah. of last night. Go. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Finally, the Detroit Pistons won the NBA draft lottery. We know them to be choosing uh, Cade Cunningham, the Oklahoma State guard, who he's 6'7", 220. He's only 19. He Did he leave the nation in scoring? Um, I don't know if he did or not, but he was the most he, – he, he, he was just so smooth, everything he did. I, the times I watched him on TV, which were probably five times, man, he was, you know – Everybody says the the Pistons tanked for him a little bit. I don't know if they did or not, but but whatever. Um, they got him, and he joins an interesting lot. Number two, the Houston Rockets. Um, John Wall's uh, new team 
which just tank, you know, or just with it to complete disarray. They're probably going to take Evan Mobley, the center from USC, seven foot, 210, uh, 19 years old, seven foot, 210 pounds. How do you get, that's just a rail. I mean, I'm, I'm 6'4", 260. I'd love to see 210 again. You're not um, going to see 210 again, Mike. You don't think so, Bruce? I'm well, gonna, actually, I'm, I'm going to staple my jaw shut like that woman on Real World is the first. You're season. you're you're very athletic, 6'4", 260, though. So I could see you dropping down, but I think I think 210 would be too light for you, Mike. I think yeah, you, I think you're, you're right. around 225. So 225 that's is goal. good. 225 right, would be solid. You. Good good base, pound the boards. Hey, listen. It, I, I'm happy for Detroit. Uh, did you see Swin Cash's reaction when they got the tent when New Orleans got the tent pick? It was like a gif online. Check it out. Oh, it's like man, I it was like it. the luck the the luck of the Pelicans the last year, man. They, not, I'm, I'm still bummed that they got rid of Stan Van Gundy so quick. Yeah. I mean, Stan, besides being a friend of the show, the reasons behind him leaving, and I, and I think we talked about this with Larry last week. Yeah. Too. It kind of doesn't look good for Zion if people are saying that the reason they let him go with like four years left on his deal is because his people were his people. Him. Yeah, but that's but that's the world we live in right now, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, no, totally. All so right. Detroit, um, hopefully, hopefully Detroit can you know bounce back. I I saw them. They I saw them have some pretty good games last year. So I think you know future could be bright there in Detroit. We'll you know we'll we'll hope we'll hope for good things in Motown. Well, by the time we reconvene, uh, will the NBA finals have started or will they have just been? Uh, no, I, I think, think they start July 8th, believe so it. So that's that Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, Wednesday uh, or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. So we're, okay, so we'll just make our picks next week. Yeah, that, that's finals. fine. But I, like I said, if it ends up being Milwaukee and, and Phoenix, I really look forward to hopefully seeing Giannis against DeAndre Ayton. The return of um, like the, the big dudes in prominent roles i mean i think uh it, it'll be a good series either way it'll be you know that it'll be a good series they great great home crowds and like the bottom line is how do you how do you get to be a star how do you get to be uh, somebody that the networks want to put on tv you end up in the nba finals irrespective of whether you're from a small market i mean i know the sacramento kings did fairly well in the ratings when chris weber and Mike Bibby and uh, Pedro Stojakovic and Vlade Divic and those guys were running the floor. That was a fun team to watch. The Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks are both fun teams to watch. So, I, you know, they, they might they might suffer in the ratings this year, but when when you become a known quantity, people want to see you, and it doesn't matter where you're from. People Listen, start buying your jerseys. To- I never thought the Golden State Warriors were ever going to be anything again, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, this number five pick. Um, who couldn't even get a scholarship to Virginia Tech. They wanted him to walk on, went to Davidson, and he becomes, well, not only only a future Hall of Famer, but he changed the game like, you know, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changed the game. You know, the dunk rule in college, the the widening of the key, you know, Steph Curry became like the analytics dream. You could, three for two, three was better than two now. And so... Bottom line is, you know, the Golden State Warriors are, or the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area is a large market, but um, I didn't see people wearing that jersey again all over the country, and now they are. And so we'll see what happens. Well, listen, when it, when it comes to the networks and ratings and whatever, here, here's something to keep in mind. If you have 
two big markets in a finals and it's a four or a five game series. Yeah. The ratings don't, you know, the ratings could be really good, but it doesn't mean a lot. But if you have a competitive series that goes seven games, that's much more important to the networks. And here's why. When it comes to advertising sales and whatnot, the NBA finals, you don't start making any money if you're ABC slash ESPN until you get to, you know, to a game five. And they say in the second half of game five, that's when you start making money. So if you had a four game sweep with two marquee teams, that's not nearly as lucrative as a seven game mm. series with any two teams. So I think uh, ABC ESPN will, will be very happy with a six or a seven game series between Phoenix and Milwaukee. They all, they'll do a great job. There'll be plenty of interest in it. So uh, I am, uh, I am not, I am not that concerned. The NBA will be just fine. And so will, so will our, our former employer. That was dope. Time to wrap things up. Thank you, Bruce, for chopping it up with me. Please hit us with those promos. Mike, uh, it's always fun talking with you. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll have even more to talk about next weekend. But uh, I want to say thanks to our wonderful editor, Kristen Woolley, who's going to be Kristen, going on vacation. I, oh, when, she's going on vacation when? She's going on vacation next week, but we do have a very capable fill-in for her that will hold things down, oh. help us get through the week that Kristen's away. So Kristen is is heading to Disney with her family, her her husband and, and kids, and uh, I hope they have a wonderful time. So. Yeah, Kristen, have a great time. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I have some Disney. No, I don't. I don't work there anymore, no matter. I don't have any Disney <laughs> tickets to get into. Well, Kristen, Kristen, you know, Kristen will will be fine. She got, she got hooked up a little bit. So okay, uh, good. check out all of our Pure Hoops Media shows folks out there who are listening to us catch and shoot 2.0 with Otto strong and Aaron Berlin. They're here every Wednesday and their guest this week is a very special guest. His name is Rob Peterson. He's one of the NBA editors at the athletic who has mm-hmm. helped us book many of their writers on our different shows. And Rob is a Wisconsin native and a lifeline lifetime Milwaukee Bucks fan. He knows that franchise better than anybody. So oh, uh, we're looking forward to Rob visiting catch and shoot 2.0 this week. Uh, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt, King McClure. They drop on Thursday. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Well, they have the Pure Hoops podcast each Friday. And, of course, my good pal Mike Wise is back with the Mike Wise Show every Monday. And please, if you want to listen to some great selected choice discussions from all of our shows, subscribe to our Pure Hoops Media Quick Hitters. And we also have a ton of great segments, video segments on our YouTube channel. The one Mike did with Larry Brown last week, folks, where he talked about Mm -hmm. Alan Iverson was one of the best and it's not that long. So I would, uh, I would urge you go to YouTube, search for Pew Hoops Media, Mike Wise Show, Larry Brown. I know you'll enjoy that, uh, Mike. So uh, land the plane for us, would you? I will indeed. Uh, now that COVID-19 vaccinations are widely available, get one. If you're one of the misguided souls who haven't got a vaccination, keep wearing the mask in public so you didn't get, so you don't get me or Bruce sick. Or our kids <laughs> or our families or our friends or your friends. Yeah. And really, go get the shot. Yeah. You know, it's not a political thing. It's a medical procedure, and, and it'll make all of us better. Keep your guard up and be smart. Until next time, aloha. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.